We're heading into the international break, but don't worry, we've got you covered. It's episode 59 of They Think It's All Over. Welcome back, listeners. That's right. It's episode 59 of They Think It's All Over, the football shirt show. It's Monday, the 20th of March. Today, we have got the news. We've got kit history. We've got Scotty Rance and a special Price is Right quiz. But first, I'm Adrian Football Shirtalia. Who's joining me? It's Mike at Footy Shirts. It's Tom at Shirt Fan. Uh, and Scott at Flying Sky. Monday, the 20th of March. A few footballers' birthdays today. Anybody happen to know any footballers' birthdays it is? Nope. No clue. Good. We remember that nodding and shaking doesn't work on a podcast. Well, it is Fernando Torres' birthday. It's Paul Merson's birthday. And it's Dave Besson's birthday. There you go. I mean, that's, that's a decent list of birthdays, isn't it? Favourite thing ever about Paul Merson is his description of Harry Maguire for Man United on Soccer Saturday. If you've not heard that, you have to Google it. It is not only factual, but hilarious. Harry Maguire, 80 million, is ridiculous. It's ridiculous at the highest level. Is he a good player? He's all right. I've only got one thing to say about Fernando Torres' birthday, and it's... (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure I've mentioned it on this podcast before, but I did meet Paul Murphy. And once he's he's a, a a nice guy. I was at the Cheltenham races, obviously, which is just finished at the moment as well. And uh, I was just putting a little bet on, no clue what I was doing. I think I just picked the colours that I liked, and I turned around and there was Paul Merson pointing each hand about to put a bet on quality. That's very unfortunate considering his history. <laughs> this was a few years ago, Mike. Yeah, it w- it would have been about yeah to be no to be for weren't that long ago in all fairness. I think it was probably it wasn't last uh, week at Cheltenham. No, 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 definitely wasn't last week. It, it was probably. <laughs> about eight years ago speaking of that fucking screaming commentary tom has anybody um has anybody noticed a lot the last few days that gary neville and jamie carragher arguing with each other on twitter is anybody else fucking sick of it i mean the cunts could probably just phone each other and i reckon they see each other every day why do we have to be witness to all their fucking massive pro liverpool pro man united bullshit honestly just fucking phone the cunt if you want to argue about it, we don't need to hear about it. I, I, I can't believe, to be honest with you, that it's not all deliberate. I mean, come on, it's it's all just part of the fun for them, isn't it? It's it's bigging up this this little rivalry they got. I mean, I, people might disagree with me, but I'd be willing to bet that them two are fucking sat in a pub drinking pints together after games, after commentary, everything. They're they're pretty much. I believe they're pretty much mates now, uh, and they're just clever. They know how to work it. For me, it's like two boxers. Who are coming up to a fight? This is a fucking fight. But what they're going to do is they're going to big it up and going to make everybody get more into it. I can confirm they are busy mates, but they are highly competitive. I've once been in the gym at work at Sky, and to my left, the pair of them sat down on a couple of rowing machines next to one another and just hammered it out between the two of them. So I very intimidated, walked away and got got changed and back to work. But it's all for the engagement, Scott, and you've fallen for it hook, line and sinker. After they hammered it out between the two of them, did they do anything on the rowing machines? Mike. That Mike, we we don't uh, allow that sort of uh, filthy joke on this part. So, um... Public apology, sorry. Yeah. Right, so let's move on to the news where, Mike, you're doing Young Boys. That could, that <laughs> could be, but that could possibly be the worst link we've ever done. So I'm going to swiftly move on to the, the, the news item. For anybody who wonders what he means, it's the Young Boys of Burn football. 
football shirt that was released. Uh, it's a 125-year anniversary shirt. It's black and gold again, which a lot of people are bored off. But personally, I actually think this is one of the best ones we've seen in quite a few years. I think it's a really classy shirt. It uses the night template that we've seen pretty much all season with that sort of like bat wing part just below the collar. But the all black template with the gold detailing, there's some um, the, the 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 match vapor sort of like um sorry, it's not called vapor anymore, is it? But whatever. The detail that, that puts onto the sleeves, it looks incredible. This shirt is amazing. So much so that I did drop onto the website and I was so, so close to buying one. And I'll be honest with you, the reason I didn't is because I would have wanted a name set on this one because I think the name set, again, would look amazing. But if you wanted this shirt fully patched up and name setted, that would have set you back £170. So, yeah, that, that was a little more than I was happy to pay, to be honest with you. Um, but an amazing shirt nonetheless. The the particular highlight, which I'm sure everybody probably agree with, is the amazing 125-year sleep patch it had. 170 quid. I mean, it's a gorgeous shirt, but that price, it's a lot less than Prince Andrew paid for young boys. But still, it's a bit too much for me. We're on form. We're on form. That's going to be, you know, it's over one thirty as well. So potentially, it's customs charges as well for people on top of that. Absolutely, yeah. It, it, it's difficult because obviously a lot of that cost is to do with delivery from mainland Europe, as you say. Then you got sort of like all that stuff. So you know, if you were buying from a UK distributor, it may be much much cheaper, closer to what we're used to, which obviously you just can't get when it's a club like uh, Young Boys. But hey, it's an amazing shirt. Get one maybe later on. I noticed it sold out pretty quick, but was it numbered? I don't believe it was numbered. I was trying to get through the, uh, obviously, the language barrier and translate and so on on the website, but I couldn't find that it was numbered anywhere. Of course, it's a lot easier to get young boys' deliveries when you have a private island. Oh, right. Okay, we're moving on from this. It's a nice shirt. Um, We're going to move on to something a bit more savoury. So, Scott, Premier League name, number, fonts. It's going to change, isn't it? So, for the only the fourth time ever, the Premier League font is changing. And I think it got a bit of a mixed review, but the the font, I mean, apart from the original font, it's always been a little bit kind of futuristic and curvy as opposed to that classic kind of block letters that we uh, letters and numbers we had for the first the first year that they were out. And it's um Avery Dennison that have been producing the numbers they did the last set and they've done this set again, which is a small company from Norway. And I don't know. Have you guys watched the documentary? Did you see the documentary about the release? I did. I did the tweet from the pod account and it, it was really, really good. And it, it did change my opinion on it when I sat through and I watched how they came up with what they came up with. Again, I would recommend that you watch it because it is quite cool just to see the process. And I mean, it's only 12 minutes long, so it's not going to take too much time out of your day. Um, but as you said, they did a lot of cool things that made you kind of think, oh, well, that's why... That's why they've done it and that's why it looks. And I think the coolest thing they did was, so the Premier League had told them what they wanted and they came up with two designs that essentially made the final cut. And they played a match at Brentford Stadium and they invited a few fans, they invited some commentators and they they played these these games and they changed up the colours of the T-shirts so that you could see the different font colours. They put the floodlights on and... A really cool thing they did was, you know, you've got the memory by association. So David Beckham, Cantona wearing seven, Shearer wearing nine. 
So what they did was they gave these players that were playing real Premier League players' names, but they changed their number. So, for example, they had a Trent Alexander-Arnold, but he wasn't wearing number 66. But they had a different player wearing... And it was all about the commentators had to write down and they had to... They got asked at certain points, could they... What was that player's name and what was what number were they wearing? And they came down to, obviously, the final decision and chose the font that we all saw on the presentation. It was interesting. They spoke about um, authenticity. And so what they've done is this is the first time in history for the Premier League that there is a shadow tone in the background of the numbers, which is the, the Premier League pattern, that weird zigzag thing that you see on, on the adverts or if you play fantasy Premier League. So they've added that as well. So I think it's very interesting. I mean, I don't like the new badge, but yeah, I think the font's cool. Yeah, well, firstly, thanks for letting everybody know what was in that documentary because, I mean, I, I watched it. Of course I did because, you know, we tweeted it from the pod account, so why why wouldn't I? Of course um, Yeah, and, but I'm not going to try and add any more to it because you covered it all really well. Um, but all that aside, I you know, I quite like the name set. I've seen a lot of people saying they don't. The patch is decent. I, I like, you know, the logo. That's fine. It kind of serves its purpose. That's great. Personally, I like the name set as well, though. I, it, for me, it looks very, I'll be honest with you, sort of like retro NFL as well. Big, blocky numbers. Very, as you say, highly visible. I know that everybody loves a fancy name set, but, you know, at the same time, people who go and watch live football, they they do need a good name set that's actually, you know, visible as well. You know, I go to Villa Park as much as I can and I'm not, I'm getting old. My eyesight's not what it used to be. So sometimes that a number on the name uh, back on the shirt, sorry, can help me a little bit. So I actually quite like it. I think that the colours, it looks like it's going to come in are going to be good. Yeah, I, no, I think it's a, a good upgrade, to be honest with you. So it sounds like the verdict is bigger and wider is better. Um, who would have, who would have known that? But the patch itself, are we fans of the actual sleeve patch? I don't mind it. I, I, I don't. I certainly don't hate it. I mean, it, it's not. I think the problem is not uh, genuine. I think maybe we look at sort of like some of the other leagues and some of the patches they got, and they do just look so good. Maybe it's a little bit of of envy. So maybe compared to them, it is a little bit basic. But I don't mind it to be honest. Do you know what? Do you know what it is for me? I, I don't dislike the logo per se, but I think it. It looks weird that it's not in a border. Think about a lot all the other leagues. They're either in a circle, a square, or a certain, you know, even the the MLS, the shield. I, th- I think it looks weird. I, I quite like it. Maybe the reason I like it is for that because I, I thought it looked a little like a bit of a throwback to the old sort of like uh, Division One sleeve patch as well that had no sort of like no shield, no outline, no nothing. It was it was just the logo on the sleeve, and they all looked really small and so on. But I, I you know, I quite like it. A bit minimalist. Perhaps a bit of nostalgia and things coming into play as well, and we we might change our mind on it in twelve months' time. Um, Tom, you've got some news for us about everybody's favourite manufacturer. Yeah, it's the Castor World Order because they are adding more and more clubs to their roster of teams that they're going to manufacture kits for. So Hamburg, Feyenoord, Ireland, Bilbao, Utrecht, a couple of others, Brescia, and Vasco da Gama in Brazil. So they have all signed up to have their badges upside down next year, to have name sets falling off, collars missing, even an arse cheek tattoo hanging out. So we'll see Castor making more and more kits as years go by. Um, the Island one was pretty popular when we tweeted that out the other day. Are we prepared to give them benefit of the doubt yet? Or are they still in the doghouse for us? I'm, I'm, I'm trying because with them being Villa's kit supplier, I am 
genuinely trying. And and I did admit on a few pods ago when I went to Villa Park and I went into the shop and I looked at the shirts, the quality didn't seem that bad. It was definitely better than some of the stuff I'd seen a few years previously. And as we've touched on that, that Rangers shirt I've got isn't all bad. I only bought it because it was cheap, but it isn't that bad. However, I just... For me, it's not even just about the quality anymore. Like the one thing I would say is the three Villa shirts that we've had this year, I probably dislike more than any shirt Kappa gave us because I just don't like them. I think they look basic. They look very sort of like pro-evo, unlicensed sort of feel to them. One thing I will say about them is they've been around for two seasons now properly. And like we said, there's quite a few clubs that use them. They have yet to come up with that kind of iconic kit. They've not done that yet, have they? There's not a, if you think of Castor, is there a kit you think of and think like, wow, you know, they haven't had a template. There's not been a standout kit. So I know it's early days, but you'd think there might have been something by now. That Newcastle training shirt has to be their most famous one because they designed, they designed three shirts that couldn't be worn in a game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's not really a glowing endorsement, is it? But actually, you touch on that, Tom, because the whole sort of USP for them is that they don't do templates. Everything is unique and and different. And in a way, that probably does hold them back from being memorable because a lot of of shirts that we we do class as uh, grails and ultimate shirts of all time tend to be templates. And maybe we'll see that when we do our um, rundown of most iconic shirt of all time in a few weeks' time. I think that wraps up the news for this week, doesn't it? Anybody got anything else to add at all? Anybody want to tell us about any shirts they've had arrived this week? Nice your nice your platform. Oh yeah, so I I haven't had uh, well, no, that's not true. I haven't my ASOS cheap stuff arrived this week, but I did over this weekend on quite. Hang on, it's, it's not it's not cheap anymore because saving football shirts has got it. Nah, it's not. But to be fair, I mean, what I was going to say actually is I actually saved two other shirts over the weekend, so I, I've got one coming from from eBay. Uh, so. Everybody loves an anniversary shirt. And I've got this weird little mini collection going of Brand Bergen shirts from Norway. And I managed to pick up their 100th anniversary shirt for a whopping £12, including postage from Lithuania. Um, but I've actually got a bit of a special shirt as well. Well, for me anyway, on the way from uh, our friend at Granny's Football. I'm not going to tell anybody what that is until it arrives because I want to enjoy it myself first. But yeah, I can't wait for that. When it's most I spent on a shirt in a little while as well. So looking forward to that. Mm. I swear to God, if that's the shirt that I was eyeing up, which I couldn't buy (laughs) because I lost money on Cheltenham. Do you know what? (laughs) I I will confirm it's not. It's actually actually a 90s Japanese shirt in one of my favourite templates of all time. But I think it's going to be bad news because it's kind of sparked a little idea because I'm at a bit of a crossroads with collecting shirts now. My buy-end avenues are quite exhausted. My villas are as well. So I need something to kind of focus on. I think I'm going to try and get as many of that template as I possibly can, because this will be the third that I've got coming. And then ultimately then the the sort of like the the top of that list will be the USA 94 Romania and uh, Bulgaria shirts, which I haven't seen around very much, but that's a good thing because then it means there's a lot of searching involved. And as we all know, that's part of the fun. Wow. Exciting stuff. And Scott, what about yourself? You're uh, waving a box at us. I had to do it. Eddie, you know this because I discussed it with you before I did, but it was either it was either not have one and be stubborn or just pay and have one. I've got uh, every uh, other one. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I don't know if you're going to say this on the pod, but 
What what did you did you pay eBay prices, Scott? Just say yeah, a yes or no. Not advertised eBay prices. So just for everybody, again, this is a podcast and we don't have the visuals on it. This is the new AIK Stockholm shirt, which I've got, I've got a feeling that when we move on to Scotty's rants in, in a little while, we might might hear a little bit more about. But um, it, it sold out very quickly. But Scott, you've, you've cured one, the alternative route. Yeah, so I, I mean, you'd... I don't want to go too. I won't go too much into it to ruin the rant, but I think generally, you know, they 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 all arrived on eBay so fast, and there was so many of them. I'm actually I'm not sure of anybody that was a collector. I only saw one person on Twitter say that they got one. Not that all collectors are on Twitter, but you know that's so that's one out of 132. There's over 50 on eBay. So what I did is I just shamelessly spent most of the weekend just emailing people, being like. Listen, I know how much they cost. I know what you're doing, but I'm a collector, not a reseller, trying to lowball you to make my own profit. I'm just a collector and I would really like one. And thankfully, some kind gentleman reduced his eBay listing by 50% to. Oh, just, some- just, just, just quickly, because you've got it, can we just add that he's still a wanker? He just happened to reduce the price for you because you've got it now. Oh, it doesn't matter if you're yeah. saying it. Hundred percent. He's the and and it was still, it wasn't three hundred percent, but it it was fucking more than two hundred percent. So yeah, he's still a wanker, but he was just decided that day to not be a complete and utter greedy wanker. But you're an enabler, Scott. You know that. Yeah, but it's the only one I don't have, and not only that, but thanks to Andy at Forbidden Football Shirts who saved me last year. Um, I've got every single one at RRP, so this is the only time I've had to do it, and it's the only one I don't have. I couldn't imagine I'd let it go, and then that would, <laughs> it would be an incomplete collection. No, we understand your predicament as a collector and as a completionist. So, um, congratulations on it, Scott. Is what we will what we will say. Um, you have a big box, but a, a much lighter wallet. Uh, Tom, anything arrive at all this week? Gonna buy a shirt this year? I was looking at a shirt on Granny's Retro, um, who, funnily enough, will be making another appearance in this podcast a little later. But I had a very heavy week at Cheltenham, and <laughs> my wallet is definitely lighter, so I'm probably gonna have to wait a little bit. I did have that bargain event a summer shirt, which I've posted to death recently, but so that was great. So I've, that was a shirt that I got for a very good price on eBay which just shows you shop around, be patient, and it's all out there, all these deals. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of waiting for the for the right moment to pull trigger on some things. You've got one shirt on the way now that I'm home. That's true. It just isn't at yours yet. <laughs> Have you printed it yet? No, I've, I only got home yesterday, but I need I need no children. I need children at nursery, and I need absolute silence because this is the only time I've printed a shirt not for me. Then if I the, fuck up one, you'll, you'll get the good one. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Oh, good luck, I've got Scott. two runs at it. And if whatever one's shitter is the one I'm getting. So. <laughs> well, good luck, Scott. I've seen some spectacular home printing fails over the last seven days. But uh, so I wish you and I wish Tom all the best. That wraps up this week's news. Let's move on to Kit History. Kit 
Kid History, Kid History, we haven't made it up. Kid History, Kid History, we read it on Wikipedia. Yes, good to be back. Seems like it's been a little while since we've done one of these. So what I've done is I've brought it right home to the Premier League for one which I think is quite interesting. So this week we're going to focus on Nottingham Forest. Forest have had some great kits over the years, from the iconic Adidas shirts that saw European Cup glory to the typically 90s Umbro shirts worn by legends such as Jason Lee and Ian Wong. And I'd actually throw in maybe their current season shirts with that as well, because these Macon shirts they got, especially with that charity sponsor, I think are great. But we're going to go right back to where it started, which is in 1865. As with most clubs in the 1860s, Forest wore whatever they could get their hands on in the way of shirts. But they always wore red caps during matches. Fast forward three years to 1868, and we get their first red kit, or more specifically, their first Garibaldi red kit. And this is where it gets a little bit highbrow and probably a little bit too classy, certainly for the panel here. Anyone who's interested, the Garibaldi refers to Giuseppe Garibaldi, who was an Italian rebel leader and member of the red-shirted Carbonari Italian Patriots Revolution. And he led his forces to war in the 1866 Austro-Prussian War. And possibly more interestingly to that, and probably hits our listenership a little bit more, he's also the bloke they named the Biscuit after. So that's where the name for the Garibaldi Biscuit comes from as well, which I know you were all dying to ask. (laughs) Anyway, back to the kits. The decision in 1868 means that Forrest have essentially had the same kit for longer than any other club in the whole world, with only the shade lightning over the last few years. And the Garibaldi Red of Forest has inspired many of the football kits over the years as well, including the Arsenal kit, which we did actually touch on way back in episode 17. So if you want to know more about that, go back and listen to it. Don't be lazy. So naturally, the, the biggest question that we've got to ask coming out of all of that is what's your favourite biscuit? I'm just amazed that there was no question about the colour of the shirt in that kit. So that must be the first one in 59 Well, episodes. I've got to be honest, I'm so sick of a certain member of this panel asking me if it's true, if it's real, why they wear a certain colour, whatever, when I give the story. I just thought I'd give one that seems concrete and nobody can argue with and hopefully next time he'll leave me the fuck alone. There was more history in that history than there's ever been before, I think. Like legitimate history. Yeah, I think I think so. I think that's why I had to bring it back down with biscuit talk after, just to make sure everybody gets what they're here for. Because I don't think they're sort of like uh, what is it? It's Italian rebel groups of what people come to listen to. But hey, it is interesting to see the links between kits and where they got it from and so on. Uh, yeah, no, I thought that was quite a good one. What was the name of the rebel group again, Mike? So the rebel group was, I've written it, there's no way I'd ever have remembered that. It is the Carbonari Italian Patriots Revolution. Well, there you go, Italians, they get very fired up over pasta. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, then. Let's, uh, let's quickly throw out our favourite biscuits. Tom, I know what yours is because you keep sharing pictures of ginger nuts with us um, in, our, <laughs> in our chat group. Uh, what about the rest of you, Scott? What's your favourite? Do you know, I'm, I'm quite like a mint club if I had to pick one. 
Nah, now that's not a biscuit. That's oh, a chocolate bar. Okay. It's got, we're, we're, we're not talking anything fancy. You know, sort of like your, your golden crunch creams and all that shit. It's a bourbon. It's a hobnob. It's a custard cream. It's a oh, rich tea. Cho- chocolate hobnob. Ah, there Milk we go. Chocolate hobnob. For sure. For me, by the way, it's a custard cream. Wins every, all day, every day. Tom, seriously, is, is it ginger nut or? I'd probably just go for a, a classic milk chocolate digestive, to be honest. <laughs> it's really boring. That's the most boring thing yeah. I've ever said, yeah. I think. And then, and then you had the Marabou before. Marabou chocolate. It's a Scandinavian brand. You, you can't actually get it in the UK. A, a lot of people are offshore because the Norwegian rig. So it's like contraband out there. But I was in Scandinavia for work recently and they had a Marabou and dime infused chocolate chip cookie. Oh, and it was that. fucking incredible. Wow. Who knew that history would um, would would take us down this uh, dark and slippery avenue? But uh, it, it has. So um, let's stop it now. Let's move on to Scotty Rants. So this is going to start specific, and then kind of expand into so I'm, I'm not just picking on one one place in particular but that's where it starts and I mean we're you know we're very fair here and we never we never kind of pick on people specifically and we especially don't name them so for anecdotal purposes we'll call this shop amateur indirect so there was a, re- a recent release at amateur indirect that was very limited and to say to say it was a fucking shit show is an understatement. And this isn't the first time that it's fucking happened. So last year, the same club had a release. And the only way to buy the sh- buy the shirt was to sign up for the shop's fucking elite bullshit program that cost you 10 quid. And then when people tried to log in, it didn't fucking let them log in. So this year, they thought, oh, we'll roll out an app. And we'll... Uh, and the only way to buy this first product that we'll test on the app is to, is through the app, which fucking crashed and kicked everybody out. And as as I was saying earlier, you had there was only 132 released, and I I've counted at least 60 on eBay. So that's fucking nearly half of them have gone to to bots or however the the fucking sneaker collectors managed to do it to get it all. But the worst bit about it is. There was also, I don't know, everybody will remember because we covered it in the news as well, the AFC Richmond release. So they released that and it was the price, Nike fucked up the price. But obviously there was a few people, including myself, that highlighted this fact. And then the cheeky cunts had the fucking balls to come back to me and tell me, oh, Nike have made a fucking mistake. But they're fucking quiet as a mouse when you're like, well, why is your fucking IT crashing when you're doing a limited release? And then that brings me on to all these other websites. So it's no fucking strange thing now that all these football clubs and brands, of course, they've realized that there's a there's been a pickup in the fucking football shirt market because every cunt's at it now. There's an anniversary shirt every fucking week, it seems like. And all they've got to do is limit the numbers and then people will come and buy it. But none of them, the, the fucking tattoo shirt, the Lille shirt, a couple of weeks ago, the Dortmund shirt. If you are a company and you're going to be selling shirts, at least have the fucking IT in place 
that if you're going to try and fucking con people out of money with a limited fucking shirt, that the cunts can get on the website and fucking buy the shirt. It can't be that fucking difficult. Surely if you're an internet shop, your your main purpose is, a, is to have your fucking internet shop working when cunts are trying to buy a fucking shirt. It's fucking disgraceful. And they never answer any questions when you try and tell them. Fucking cunts. Just had a call from your GP, Scott. He's asked me to tell you to calm down. <laughs> Never mind Scott's GP. I don't know. Are we like, can can Ofcom get involved? Who are they? Are they the people that could come and fucking take all our shit away from the amount of swear words Scott puts in? It's 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 always difficult to follow you on these, Scott. But I, I will say, I obviously the, the four of us here all jumped on the app to try and grab one just for you. Um, uh, you may have ended up with four if it had worked properly. But it's yeah, you could have sold them for six hundred quid a pop on eBay, so everyone's a winner. But no, it, all, all joking aside, I think even regardless of sort of like IT failures and so on, these sellers, such as Amateur Indirect, um, they for me they got a fucking responsibility. How hard is it to limit that purchase to one per buyer as well? Like if if you're going to do this. They they know that not many people are going to buy more than one unless they're going to sell them on, which puts you into the position that you were in, Scott, because you're an actual collector. You don't just buy these to share on Twitter, take a photo of and then sell the shirt. It's it's not what you do. But then what, what it does is I think that's the problem. Then a lot of the traffic that they get are the scalpers because, it, it, it you know, there are a lot of football shirt collectors trying to get on there as well but then when you take into account there's probably a thousand football shirt collectors and a thousand fucking scalpers on there who are just trying to buy up the entire stock because they know it's not limited that's why your fucking it fails so you know sort sort one problem out you you solve the next one it's 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 ludicrous that it's in a position that anybody could have bought five six seven or eight of those with the it problems they had it's just it is bullshit I think we have to call it Mike Rounds as well next week. I think you, you, you joined in. <laughs> sorry, there. sorry, yeah. sorry. He's rubbing off on me. Yeah. <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. Let's lighten the mood a little bit. And like you said, um, Tom, I think we need to let um, Scott's blood pressure come down a little bit because two minutes in he was doing all right. And then uh, it really did get exciting after 120 seconds. But uh, Tom, you got a little quiz for us this week. I have. Just to prove that we're always on the pulse on this podcast. We like to talk about pricing of shirts a lot. And we like to compare a lot of the the big retailers, and you know, it's a big, a lot of chat on social media is about the big kit retailers and how they price shirts. So I thought I'd take us back to the nineties because we're going to do football shirt. The Price Is Right. So, now then, now then, one of Brucey's famous catchphrases, isn't it? Probably shouldn't say that on the same issue we spoke about young boys, but um, what a lovely audience. Give us a twirl. Hello, Sean. You well. So, are we all familiar with The Price is Right and Bruce Forsyth? Yes. Yeah. Was that your Saturday evening TV programme of choice or more Generation Game fans? Generation Game and uh, Gladiators, but, but I'm with you. <laughs> My wife's 
my wife's cousin is from LA and she was actually on the US version of The Price is Right and won a boat. <laughs> did, did she live near a lake? <laughs> no, she lives in LA. <laughs> so they, they live near the ocean. But I think, I think in, I'm not sure if Britain's the same, but you have the option to either keep the prize or they just give you the cash. So she took the cash. Well, at least Jim didn't fix it for her. But anyway, there's not going to be any boats won today. But we're going to get straight onto the first round. So what I want you to do, I'm going to tell you a shirt. And what I've done, I've gone on arguably the three biggest shirt retailers and found the average price of this shirt. So you're all in this round. This is to go through to play individually, right? So what I want you to do between Colt Kits classic football shirts and vintage football shirts i have found the price of the juventus 91 92 long sleeve shirt in a size large and we're going to go mike scott ad i want you all to tell me how much you think that shirt costs on average between those three retailers so mike you can go first oh man i think i i feel like i'm at a bit of a disadvantage here as someone who owns about six italian football shirts in my entire collection but you say this is juve 91 92 long sleeve large i'm probably gonna make myself look silly on this one because as i say not knowing the value anyway but i would say that obviously cfs and colk could be quite high in vintage i don't know some that could bring it down a little bit because i think sometimes they're reasonably priced so I'm just going to pick a number out of thin air based on the year in the team. And I'm going to say 270 quid. 270. We'll put that on the board. Scott. I was going to go 225. So not not as high. But yeah, it's got to be long sleeved early 90s. Nobody's selling that for under 200, surely. And lastly, Adrian, what are we going with? I was going to go lower than these guys, actually. I was going to go 200. 200, right. So we have 270, 225 and 200 pounds. I can reveal to you all that the average price is £208, which means Adrian, football shirt alley, you'd expect him to have got that one, don't you really? But he is going to go through to play the first round, high or low. Right, so Adrian, what you've got to do for me now in order to win a pair of crutches used by Sol Campbell when he had a gammy leg back in 1999. I'd love to give you that. Now, to win that amazing prize, I'm going to tell you three shirts, okay? And I want you to pick one of these that you think is the cheapest shirt. And then you've got to hope that the other two shirts are more expensive than those, the one you pick. So the shirts I'm going to give you is... Italy 86 to 90, Scotland 93, 94 away, and the England 97 to 99 home shirt. Now, I want you to tell me what you think is the cheapest shirt on average across the retailers. At the same retailers? Mm-hmm. I think Italy will be the cheapest. So Italy 86, 90, what, would you, what price would you give that? What price do I think they would give that? Yeah. Uh, uh, £100. So I can tell you, on average, that shirt cost £126 between those three retailers. Scotland 93, 94, is that going to be more expensive than the Italy 86, 90? And I can reveal it is. That was £133. So all you need now is for the England 97, 99 to be more expensive than that Italy to win the crutches. And that England shirt, on average, cost £150. (sighs) 
So yes. you won. You won. You won the round. Crutches are on the way, mate. Right, now you're all back in. AD's 1-0 up. He's winning the game show so far. So the next shirt, I want you to guess the price of, we'll go same order, Mike Scott, AD, is a Borussia Dortmund 95-96 long sleeve shirt in a size small. Mike? What year, sorry? 95-96. They're all the same anyway, they're not with you. <laughs> Short sleeved in a small, did you say, sorry? Long sleeved in a small. Long sleeved in a small. I'm going to say... 95, 96. I know AD says I would say, but obviously some of them are more desirable than others for Dortmund shirts. I'm going to say average from those three, £140. £140. Scott? Dortmund? 167 167 Very specific, that. And AD? Well, the, last, last one was, the last one was 208 so you've got to edge your bets, don't you? It's true. AD, to make it two in a row, what are we going for? I'm going to go in the middle. I'm going to go one... 150. 150. So I can reveal. So we had 140, 167, and 150. The average price of that shirt in a small was £216. Get lost. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Do you know? Do you want to know who was the most expensive retailer for that shirt? Yes. It was Classic Shirts, and they sold it for oh. £249.99. <laughs> cheapest was Vintage Football Shirts at 175 So the cheapest price was more than any of you guessed. But Scott, you won. Can you, can you tell from this quiz that I don't shop on CFS Cult or VFS very often at all? <laughs> so, Scott, you've made it through to the round known as Danger Price. Come on down. You're the next contestant on The Price is Right. And what, I want, uh, what I'm going to do for you is I'm going to give you a price. And the price is £141. Now, remember, this is the average price. And now I'm going to give you four shirts. And you have to not find the danger price so you have to pick the free shirts that you think are not worth 141 pounds does that make sense okay so the free shirts i'm going to give you is the ajax 97 to 98 away shirt then i'm going to give you a chelsea zola name set 99 to, to 01 i'm going to give you an intercentenary shirt and a celtic 98 99 with a henrik larsen name set and you don't want to find the shirt that's worth £141. So what's the first shirt you're going to pick? The Ajax. The Ajax shirt, 97 98 away. Its average price was £116. So, yeah, you're, you're through. You get another go. Mm-hmm. Let's go with the Intercentenary shirt. The Intercentenary shirt. That's your second choice. Yeah. Oh, he's lost, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> That was the shirt that was worth £141 of its average price. That means you're not going to get to go home with Jibril Cisse's skid-marked undies. We're going to have to give those back. We're really sorry, Scott. £141 and no name set. Average price for the intercentenary across the three. The other two, Chelsea with his own name set, 99.01, £158 on average. And the Celtic 98.99 was the most expensive out of all of those. It was £208 on average. Yeah, I was torn between that because I thought the Zola would be 150. So I was like, that's too close for comfort with a 141. Right. And now we're going to play for the last time. So AD's going to win this game show unless one of you two can stop him. And I want you to give me the average price of an Arsenal bruised banana shirt. So Mike, 
What are you going with? I'm going to say £400. £400, Mike. Scott, what are we going for? I'm going for 316 316 And Adrian? I'm going to go for around 300 Around 300 I need you to be more specific. Come on. No, around 300 <laughs> we need we need a we need a number. Three hundred. Three hundred you're gonna go for, All right. So I can reveal to you that the average price of a bruised banana in in a you know excellent condition would be four hundred and eight pounds. Fucking hell. Way. Which means Mike, you've won that round, which works out quite nicely because it means you've all had a go. <laughs> <laughs> That was yeah. scripted. That's why I went low, yeah. I promise I won't fix that. Right, so Mike, the last round to stop Adrian can we just walking pause, away. Can we just pause a minute? Can we just yeah, pause yeah. a minute? All take in how fucking ludicrous that fucking price is. So Mike, to stop AD walking away with Roman Abramovich's yacht, you have to win the last round, which is known as the Bargain Bar. So what I want what I want you to do here, I'm gonna give you a shirt. Two shirts, in fact. I'm gonna give you two. And our good friend, a Granny's football shirt store, who Mike you've purchased from this week, he is a great seller that sells shirts at a bargain price. So he sells these shirts cheaper than the average of these free retailers. But I want you to tell me what shirt he currently stocks that provides a bigger discount. So which shirt is the bigger bargain from its average price? And the first shirt I'm going to give you is a Germany 88 to 90 home shirt. That's average price across the three retailers is £199. The second shirt is the Barcelona 95-97 with a Ronaldo name set. And that's average price across the three retailers is £250. Now, Granny, he stocks both these shirts. But I want you to tell me what you think is the biggest bargain. Okay, right. <clears throat> so, obviously... Through pure luck, I have been looking around on on the website this week, um, but I will be honest, I can't remember seeing either of those shirts or how much for sale for, so it's not helped. Um, I am going to say that the biggest, so the, so, the, so the the biggest difference, I'm looking for the biggest difference, aren't I? So okay, yep. I will go for the Germany eighty eight ninety home. So the average price across cult kits, finished football shirts and classic football shirts was £199. Granny's is selling that shirt for £100, which is a £99 difference to the three big retailers. The Ronaldo shirt, average was 250 Granny's stocking that shirt for £140. So it's £110 difference, which makes that the biggest bargain. So Adrian's won. Roman and Bradford is your... How are you feeling, AD? Uh, uh, yeah, I might might take the cash equivalent. That's the uh, only one nil favourable result AD's gonna wish for tonight. <laughs> Seven nil. Didn't he do well, folks? Didn't he do well?
That's it. That's the quiz. That was good. That, you know, that, that, that was actually a lot of fun. Do you know, it was, for me, that, that, I'll be honest with you as well, Tom, that, that's a bit of an eye-opener for me because I, hit, I genuinely, I don't look for these sort of shirts on websites like Colt and uh, Classic Football Shirts because it, it sounds shit to say this and I don't mean to insult anyone when I do, but I think that collectors generally don't buy those shirts from CFS. I think it's a whole different market that they're selling to for, for shirts like that. So I'll be honest with you, I'm kind of accustomed, as you tell from a couple of my guesses on those, to, to eBay prices, uh, eBay and, and Vinted and so on, and buying from other collectors. So it's a bit of an eye-opener for me as well. The thing is, is that, like you said, Mike, people pay this. There was a, a cult kits dropped, a, and every Friday I think they, they uplist their listings, and there was a Red Bull Salzburg, I forget the year, it was 1819 when Haaland was there. Um, I don't know if you remember the Champions League away shirt, they had the black version. So it was a patched up brand new with tags with a Minamoto name set on it. 200 quid. Didn't even last a minute. Gone. I mean, it was a bit of fun that, but I did kind of want to kind of show in a you know, in a slightly different way, a different discourse, just the uh, mad prices that that these retailers do offer shirts at. And I know it's something that people talk about a lot online. And yeah, there's a lot of great sellers, lots of great places to get shirts. And you don't always have to go to the most obvious places. So hopefully, yeah, people enjoyed that. And it maybe made people realise a few things. This week in particular, I've had discussions. We've all seen it on Twitter about certain sellers and their shitty practices and the dumb things that they're doing at the moment and claiming it's their business. And, you know, CFS are guilty of that sometimes as well. And I'm sure Colt are as well. All these people are buying shirts from somewhere and then it's us as the collectors that shit out in the long run. And and none of us can be happy with that. But I think that's the difficulty is some people are buying directly from collectors like us and undercutting collectors like us to try and sell straight back to us. Whereas CFS are, hey, look, we've all been fucking beaten by World Cup World Charts on eBay for a shirt somewhere along the line. And we know full well where it's going and that it's going to be three times the price if we want to buy it. And that that's bullshit. We hate that. But this is the problem. They're, they're not going after us to buy these shirts. We, we don't know where they're going. But like you say, I mean, there's been some mad shirts dropped. And there's the I think there was an Ajax 89 away went on there this week. It was gone before anybody even had the chance to look at the link, let alone try and buy it. And that's that's not that's not us. That's not us guys on Twitter doing that sort of thing. It's it's a whole different market and ball game. And that's not justifying the shitty things they do sometimes because all of them do. But yeah, there's there's just it's some fights just they're not winnable, are they? Thanks, guys. I thought we were going to do the quiz just to pick everybody's spirits up. But um, and I think you were there for a while, Tom. But you uh, let again, yeah, again, these these two boys, um, Scotty Rants and Mike Rants, bring us down at the end, Tom. Bring us down. <laughs> what have we got coming up over the next few weeks, though, guys? So next week we're going to have a chat all about Gareth Bale and his career in kits, and we're going to be joined. So yeah, that'll be really exciting, and we might also throw in a bit of game chat as well. So yeah, look forward to that one. Nice. Mike, another plug for uh, the greatest shirt of all time, because that episode is going to be dropping soon as well, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it is. So they're, they're coming. They're still coming in, to be honest with you. And I, I don't I'm hoping we can not do the app until, you know, they, they stop coming in because I want everybody to have a chance. So but obviously we've got to put some sort of time limit on it at some point. So if you're still starting 
if you're still sorry thinking of uh getting that into us i'd start putting that list together straight away and just a quick one for anybody that listens make sure you're specific on your shirts i can't email back everybody that comes in if there's something weird about your selections but please don't put i've had a few people now that have selected an entire template as their greatest shirt of all time that's not what we're doing if you love a certain template that's great if you want to pick them as your top five but please i can't include people who do that so please 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 i beg you just make sure your five shirts you pick are nice and clear and easy for me to uh, add all of the stats up and we're also working on another buster quiz uh, episode because i think the last one was quite comical and went down quite well so we're thinking of of getting maybe a few more personalities and a few more teams involved in that and trying to make it even bigger this time. So lots more exciting stuff to keep you entertained. There we go. There we go. Well, that's the end of another week, guys. We're done. They think it's all over. It is now. Scott, one week. Come on.